Hello, my name is Michael McLennan, and welcome to COVID Matters, the podcast produced by COVIDAID. With the National Day of Reflection coming up on March the 23rd, this month our theme is Reflection, and we're speaking to people and groups involved. In this conversation, I spoke to Debbie Lewis, who founded COVID-19 Families UK. They have regional groups throughout the country, connecting people who have been affected by grief and bereavement. I hope you enjoy our chat, and I'll be back afterwards for more details about both COVID-19 Families UK and COVID-8. So just to begin with, it'd be great if you can tell us a bit about yourself and how you come to set up the organisation. We set up in April 2020, just a week after my father passed away, actually, from COVID. And we'd lost my mother a few months earlier. So we began by offering friendship and advice, really, to other bereaved. And that's how we originally started. So when you began the group, you didn't have the expectation of how much you would then go on to grow? Yeah, originally we began um, because we were one of the early um, bereavements during the pandemic. We had the experience of how to deal with the legalities and funerals. Things like ordering a death certificate, closing bank accounts, arranging funerals. And originally we started off a small Facebook post just say stating if anyone was struggling, we might have some ideas that may be able to help them. And it snowballed. Within a week, I'd received over 100 requests and questions regarding general things like how to get hold of a death certificate when the offices were closed. How did you contact the banks when all the banks closed? <coughs> and um, it snowballed very, very rapidly, and we very quickly realised that despite government promises, the support was not there, and the advice was not there for people who were ultimately at the worst time of their lives. Over time, we've grown since then, and we deal with a lot of memorial events and the need for memorials. But over the past two years, we've developed into 42 regional groups across the whole of the UK with 4,000 plus bereaved members. And sadly, we are still getting people joining on a daily basis, even today. And can you tell us a bit more about those regional groups and who's involved across the country? Yeah, well, um, as I said, at first, it started off as a small Facebook post. And then when regional restrictions began to be put into place, Different areas were working on the different criteria. Um, I decided that the easiest way to tackle this would to be to start, rather than having just the one group, splitting down into regional areas. And I'd bring in admins in those areas who knew what the regulations were for their areas. For example, Wales was operating differently to how England was. So we had a Wales group with Welsh administrators who knew the regulations. And then we'd have, of course, things progress very rapidly into even England areas had different criterias. So we began to set up Manchester, London, Birmingham, and so on. And as the need arose, as more people joined, we started setting up more areas because we began to have members saying, 
is there a group in my area? And as well as offering the advice, we were then beginning to almost form social bubbles, social networks of bereaved people who live near one another, who are able to support each other better. And that's how we grew into the regional groups. And in terms of that side of things and, and the people getting involved, did you or do you find that people then get something from, positive from the experience of being able to support others who have been going through similar situations? It's been extremely positive. Um, we've had comments left such as, thank you so much for these groups. They have given me the ability to focus my grief by helping with a memorial event or by speaking to somebody who lives near me. And as the social restrictions began to lift, these people are now meeting up with each other and they're supporting each other physically as well. They're, they're going out for coffee or they're meeting up to discuss how to arrange a memorial or they're organising picnics such as they did in um, Cardiff last year. They had a picnic at Cardiff Castle, which has proved really helpful, especially to those who are now alone who are now living alone and don't often feel like they can always talk to the family because they don't want to burden them. So they find it easier to talk to another bereaved person who actually understands their feelings. And previously on the podcast, we've spoken to experts and, and people about the experiences of uh, loneliness and isolation how that can apply to situations such as these where people haven't been able to grieve with others in the ways that they previously have. So I was wondering about um, then how you've been uh, doing things around the upcoming and um, previous National Day of Reflection, for example, and looking to gather people together to commemorate the losses that we, we've experienced. Yeah, well, last year we took part in the first national moment of reflection um, in conjunction with Marie Curie. And our regional groups were absolutely amazing. Um, we managed to get very many buildings across the UK lit up. The Wales group in particular did some fantastic work and we had Cardiff Castle. They are now working um, with the Welsh government as well as in I, one of our partner groups, Scotland, they are working with the Scottish government as well. This year, now the restrictions have eased a little bit more, we are actually doing public memorials. So we've got events happening at Swansea Waterfront, Cardiff. There's events in Pollock Park in Scotland. There's Manchester, there's London, Hereford. We've got events happening where probably for the first time, many of these bereaved can actually gather together. And we do have to remember that for some of these, especially if it was sons, daughters, granddaughters, work colleagues, neighbors, due to the restrictions, they could not go to them funerals. And so for many of them, this moment of reflection and being able to gather for a memorial is probably the first time they've been able to come together collectively to grieve. And do you find, you know, right now we're speaking at the beginning of March and there's uh, definitely been 
a change of emphasis in the headlines, the restrictions have opened up, and obviously there's things going on elsewhere. Um, do you think there's an issue with people uh, who've gone through experiences of grief and bereavement feeling like, um, in a sense, what they've lost has been ignored or there's not enough attention being paid to that? Um, this isn't a new situation. This has gone on from the beginning, to be honest. It originally started with the feeling that the bereaved felt like they were being treated as statistics rather than people. When um, the daily death toll was being read out, it was always the numbers that mattered more than the people. And even though we got the platitudes of, um, you know, our heart goes out to the bereaved, many of us didn't believe it. We didn't felt that we got the support that we needed. As time's gone on, again, um, the bereaved almost feel like they're almost sidelined by government policies, um, such as I don't think they took into account the impact on the bereaved when they relaxed all the restrictions, including the um, not wearing masks, because many of the bereaved are very, very wary and are still adamantly going about wearing their masks. They are extremely worried. Some are, um, have immune issues or health issues. They've already lost people. They don't want to lose anymore. And I don't think the mental health impact of that constant worry, especially having already lost somebody, I don't think the mental impact of that has filtered up to the powers that be. And I don't think they've stopped to consider how badly it is affecting the bereaved. And I think you said something earlier about the fact that it's, it's not something, um, you know, I've heard some people talk about the idea that COVID is over pandemic to endemic and certain phrases, but um, it sounds like from what you're experiencing that people are coming to you, you know, on a daily, weekly basis, newly bereaved. So I wonder uh, how, how that is at the moment. Well, for example, today, literally this morning, um, our Bedfordshire group, our Bedfordshire admin put up a post today that there have been more deaths in Bedford. And in Bedford alone, there's been 600 deaths. That's just in Bedfordshire across the pandemic. And sadly, she updates them almost on a daily basis. There, I think the general perception that the pandemic is over has overridden the fact that people have forgotten. People are still dying from this. People are still passing away on a daily basis. And that means that those people have left behind grieving families and grieving friends. And the impact of, of what is going on still is not being in, understood fully, especially by those in power. I wonder if you can speak a bit more about the um, power of having regional groups and people knowing that there's others in, in their area undergoing similar sorts of experiences. Yeah, it's been extremely powerful and it's been um, amazing to see. I didn't think, to be honest, that it would have been the success that it has been. Even I was quite surprised at how it went. 
especially during the lockdowns and in times of isolation, we had to be physically phoning one another. You'd have somebody who would leave a comment, I'm feeling really low, I'm struggling to cope. And they'd private message one another, they'd email one another, they'd telephone one another. And as restrictions lifted, um, as, as I previously said, you'd find that they were meeting up with one another. They were supporting each other. And that was the real value of having these regional groups. You had people close by, near one another, or within a, a few miles drive, who could literally support one another. For example, the classic example of this was, I live in a ground floor flat. And when I started this, we were in a lockdown pandemic situation. And it was only 12 weeks later that I found out that the gentleman who lives above me lost his son. And that shows how close to home it was because people were locked down. They weren't socializing with one another. Even a flat next to me, I didn't know he'd lost somebody. And this, uh, we found very quickly that we had neighbors in the same street who were coming into these posts and saying, I didn't realize you'd lost somebody, I lost somebody too. And that's how close it came. It's literally postcode to postcode. And thinking ahead to the National Day of Reflection, uh, what is it that you hope that the day itself can achieve in events like that? I think with the National Day of Reflection, we are hoping that it will become an annual event, very similar to Armistice and Remembrance Sunday. And I think the, what we hope to achieve is to remind people that yes, we are moving on from the pandemic. Things are evolving and things are beginning to, I hate the word normal. Lots of people are saying return to normal, but for the bereaved, that normal went out the window a long time ago. But we are moving on from the pandemic now. And I'm, I'm hoping that people remember that despite moving on, um, there are so many people across the UK and across the world who have almost lost everything. They've lost their loved ones. They've possibly lost a breadwinner in the family. They've lost that comfort. They've lost company. And it's so destroying to think that the stiff upper lip of get on with it still exists in this country. And I think one of the things that I never looked at properly is the impact of grief and bereavement. And it's been made intensified by isolation and by the lockdowns, which had to happen. But unfortunately, as a consequence, too many people were left to grieve alone. And we're hoping that these memorial events will remind people that firstly, the pandemic is not over yet. But secondly, that it could be their neighbours, their friends, their work colleagues, they are still grieving and still suffering. And they need to be able to reach out and talk to people. And I hope by these moments of reflection, people will look back and say, well, maybe I should check on my neighbour or Maybe I should ask my friend at work how he's feeling today. 
because I know he lost somebody. And we're hoping that it will just remind people of the devastating losses and support the bereaved more. And I know we've uh, spoken to other groups previously, uh, spoken to uh, Life, Death, whatever, about some of the ways in which the culture here in the UK can sometimes inhibit people from speaking about these experiences. But hopefully that is changing through uh, well groups such as yourselves. Um, so I, I was wondering, what are your uh, hopes going forward, both in terms of for yourself personally, but also with COVID-19 Families UK? My hope personally is we are not currently registered as a charity. That is the ultimate aim, to be able to become a registered charity. We are already hosting memorial events across the UK. And what we would love to see is more permanent memorials, places where people can go and gather, lay flowers, gather together to remember people. And we have to remember that it's not just people who died of COVID. There were other illnesses involved. People died of cancer. People died of old age. People died in care homes alone. And they all suffered them same devastating losses. But what we would love to do is see more permanent um, memorial benches, gardens, places where people can go and reflect and perhaps meet other people. And that's what we will continue to do as we go on. And then as the final question, and then quite relevant to that, how can people find COVID-19 Families UK? We can be found on Facebook. Just put in COVID-19 Families UK. You'll find us there. We're on Twitter at COVID-19 Families. We're on Instagram and we're on LinkedIn. And I'm sure if you're not sure, ask around in your local area and see if anybody has heard of us. We've got 42 regional groups. I'm sure that there is going to be a region near you. And if there isn't, contact me and I will set one up. Thanks so much to Debbie for her time. We'll link to where you can find COVID-19 Families UK in our show notes, as well as more details about the National Day of Reflection on March the 23rd. If you haven't heard of us, COVID Aid is the UK's national charity dedicated to supporting all those significantly affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. We provide a range of supported services, advice and information, including hosting our COVID-19 support community, where we host courses and events. Please visit covidaidcharity.org, that is covidaidcharity.org, and you can join our community at community.covidaidcharity.org. We'll be back soon with another episode, and until then, please take care.